She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode, and I'm so excited to introduce to you Dr. Amy Lee. She's the head of nutrition for Nucific, and today we're answering all of your questions about intermittent fasting. Okay, next question. Why do I lose weight differently with intermittent fasting, where it almost seems like there's a whoosh effect that's going on, where you might not lose any weight week one, week two, and then whoosh, all of a sudden you might lose four pounds, five pounds. And I will say this for me personally, when I did intermittent fasting, my first three weeks, I lost no weight. And then it was the end of the third week, I lost six pounds. And then it just kept going down from there. So can you kind of explain what is going on with that, that where people will be like, well, I'm not losing weight. I'm not losing weight. Then all of a sudden it's like, whoosh, they've yeah. lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Um, you know, it just depends on, on every individual as well. Um, and that's a good point. What, you know, why are you guys reacting this way versus other people who just, you know, show really good weight loss in the first couple of weeks. I think it comes down to the body's way of adapting, right. And also fine tuning what you're actually eating at night as well. You know, do you know how many calories that you were eating? I'm just curious when you were like the first couple of weeks. Mm -hmm, when you- Cause I didn't track them. Right. And so, um, and a part of a good diet is understanding how much muscle mass that you, you actually start off with. Um, super important. So if you want to even look into that, uh, find someone who actually does body compos- compositions and it could be a DEXA scan or a water displacement, or nowadays we have these little cheap little scales where you can buy at target and you can measure how much percent body fat you have and lean start with a baseline because sometimes moving water around is what your body is really just doing. Um, and then all of a sudden one day it just lets go and then you lose the water first and then you go in the fat cells and you actually, your body will start tapping into metabolizing the fat tissue. And so some people may not lose any weight, but they feel like their waist has shrunken down. Their pants are looser. Their rings and things are like a little bit looser as well. So it's part of your body readjusting, adapting to something different that you're doing. Um, And of course, fine tuning the nighttime meal as well. Sometimes even just taking on a little bit too much salt could cause the body to retain a bunch of water because it didn't know what you were doing all day or, you know, not eating and putting in the usual uh, calories and fuel that the body was used to. So I always feel that, hey, you know, when you're doing a diet and you're doing it and you're compliant and you are not deviating, your body can only respond in one way. So th- what the individual body could do is either slower weight loss upfront and then you see the weight loss later. But it's almost like we have to think and accept the fact that our bodies are machines. You know, no one gains weight just by not eating. When you don't eat, you will lose weight. It's just a matter of what kind of weight you end up losing. Uh, Focus on doing everything you can to maintain the lean, understand where you start off with your lean muscle mass. So then when you continue on with three or four or five weeks of intermittent fasting, you can then get a uh, follow-up body composition test to make sure that you're definitely burning fat and not your muscle mass. Um, and so this is something that we, we focus a lot on when, uh, when I teach people how to find the right diet. Mm-hmm. 
So have you heard about where they say like with the whoosh effect that kind of it's this theory that your your fat cells are attempting to try to maintain your current weight. So like your body doesn't really want to let your fat go because like in hunter gatherer times, right, your body had to adapt to a world that, you know, didn't have a chipotle around every corner. So the theory goes that your fat cells fill up with water to anticipate more fat to fill them up. And then when it realizes that it's not going to get that, that it kind of whooshes out. And so you're that that's kind of, you know, like when you have that squishy fat, like that's around your, you know, midsection or your thighs, it's a little bit more squishy than, than usual. It's kind of like it supposedly fills up with water. And then like after a little while, it's like, okay, well, we're not getting anymore it's we're not going to build fat on that and then whoosh you know you look at the scale and boom because it's physically impossible to lose you know six pounds overnight so it's like we have people all the time saying all of a sudden I lost three pounds all of a sudden I lost four pounds all of a sudden I lost six pounds so would you say you agree with that theory that it is kind of water filling up those fat cells? And then at some point you just kind of go, Whoosh, yeah. Really no, yeah, for sure. yeah. the idea of, I mentioned earlier, adaptation is just your status quo, right? So a lot of times people actually, actually start with a very dehydrated state. When you actually do measure their body, total body water on a uh, body composition technology, more often than not, a lot of my patients who are overweight or obese are dehydrated. So just like you said, all right, there's a swoosh effect where our body actually starts storing water first into fat cells, which is part of adaptation. You will adapt to a point where all of a sudden these fat cells are well hydrated, is super happy, but now you're tapping into utilizing the fuel, the fatty acids from fat cells. Um, because when you expand a fat cell with water, it's not going to split and then grow into another bigger fat cell. It only does that with nutrients and sugar. Okay. So, uh, fat cells only split with more sugar and fat, not with water. So yes, it gets to a certain point. It gets really well hydrated. And then now that is metabolically stable, it's going to go ahead and do what it needs to do to actually metabolize and break down to serve the body when it's not seeing fuel during your uh, fasting state. And so that makes total sense when it comes to the idea of adaptation. But I think that's why the baseline body comp would be super helpful for a lot of people to begin with, not just the absolute weight, um, to really understand what you're made up of. So then you're not surprised by these um, so-called phenomenon that naturally happens in the body anyways. Um, and I think people do appreciate, you know, sort of like good data before and after and see what it actually what the numbers are. Um, and total body water is one of those things that is super valuable when it comes to dieting, even for intermittent fast. Hey guys, I really want you to join our intermittent fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our intermittent fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Okay, the next one is... What if someone skips breakfast, but they still have to have cream in their coffee? Does 20 to 50 calories of coffee in your cream really hurt anything? 
in, a, in, in the big picture, you know, 20, 30 calories of anything doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't. I think it comes down to what is what's your daily habit like, you know, besides the creamer, what else are we really eating? What, what kind of exercise are we doing? How active are we in general? And so those are the little things that do add up. And the idea of stress as well makes a huge impact in the way we store things. Right. And when it comes to caloric intake, uh, you know, on the finite scale, a few calories here few calories there really doesn't make a huge difference. However, it does add up in the long run, just like little movements as well. You know, if you walk half an hour every day, it does add up at the end of the week. Caloric intake is also the same. So it comes down to this calculation and this, you know, sort of um, risk and benefit of, all right, is this worth, if I take in uh, 20 calories of cream, is it worth, myself not really optimizing in the fasting state and getting all the benefits of a total fast. Um, can I give it up for the next seven days? Can I retrain my brain to not depend on the actual creamer on this little thing? I always tell my patients to learn how to drink black coffee. And it's it, it shocking for a lot of people because we grew up liking the cream and the sugar and all mm -hmm. the, you know, the fancy jazz in our coffee drinks. But in reality, I think Putting in those little things actually also sets your mindset. It creates this mindset for the rest of your day as well. Mm. If you start your day with lots of sugar, and I'm not saying 20 calories of creamer is a lot of sugar, but it's just the habitual, you know, intake of certain things in the morning that we all sort of are acclimated with that we feel like we can't give up. And then the one day you give it up, you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is, this is really traumatic. This is, you know, this is deprivation. And then you allow yourself to have kind of like a anxious, self-sabotaging um, uh, effect and mentality towards that. But in reality, if you start your day off with really low sugar, uh, you actually then initiate your body into metabolizing very differently in the afternoon and into the evening. Uh, sometimes even these little sugars, these little tiny bits of sugar or alternative sweeteners like your stevia, the aspartames, or you know, some even monk fruit nowadays that are used very commonly in, in diet foods could trigger certain cravings and urges um, for an individual and could change the way you crave for other things. So if that is the case, then why would we even do it? If I know that every time I put creamer in my mouth in the morning, I might run the risk of craving certain breads or noodles and whatnot in the afternoon, then you know what? I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit and see how I feel in the next you know, five to seven days without the creamer. And so, you know, long story short, it's just like, is it worth it? Can you, can you get yourself off it? Um, these are the little things in life that does add up in the long run. I love that. I think, think you answered that beautifully because at the end of the day, I have to think about for myself, I used to drink tea. So this was like so long ago, but I couldn't have a glass of unsweet tea. Like I just couldn't do it. And now you could not pay me to drink a glass of sweet tea. And so it's really retraining your body and you just like get to the point where you go, I'm going to have a little bit of cream, less cream, less, you know, start maybe with no sugar, then add a little bit of cream, then less and less and less until you can get it black. I mean, I could give you stories upon stories of people who now say, I used, to, I couldn't drink a cup of coffee that had cream in it. I mean, I'm sorry, the opposite. Like I couldn't drink coffee if, unless I had cream and sugar in it. Now 
I have to drink black coffee, you know, then they just really transform it. Or if you feel like you have to, for me, every once in a while, I really do love to have a cup of coffee with cream, but I have that around 12 or one o'clock. So I'm fasting that whole way. And then when I'm opening up my window, I might need like a little pick me up and I'll put a little cream in there, but I'm, that's when I'm opening up my window. And then it kind of pushes me another two hours to do that. So sure. I thought you answered that great. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, once you, once you start getting used to non-sweetened drinks and then you go back to the coffee with the cream and sugar, you realize how sweet it is. And it's just like retraining your brain and your taste buds, for example. Sugar is very addicting because it hits these receptors in your brain and hypothalamus, your eating centers, and it changes your behavior and memory and also increases the dopamine. But it's like a drug. It keeps hitting that neurotransmitter in your brain where you build tolerance to it. And then all of a sudden, in a year, you need two teaspoons of sugar versus half a teaspoon two years ago to get the same high, the same satisfaction. People don't understand that they slowly change their behavior and they don't even realize it. And before you know it, they're doing this with their creamer, with the sugar. And they're not even realizing that half of the cup is made of a creamer because their brain is now wanting more and more of it. So the moment you cut out sugar in a fasting state, even you realize how things actually do taste. You know, there's things are really strong and flavors. And, and a lot of my patients who actually got out of eating sugar, really do appreciate the real taste of things. And so that's that's one of the things that people should remember that um, at the end of the day, when you're giving up sugar, there's a lot more that you're gaining from that deprivation. Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to ChantelRayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts. You'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're going to have wine to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no additives, only natural ingredients. All the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at ChantelRayWay.com slash wine. All right. Last question. How does intermittent fasting help you with your hormones and how do men and women differently deal differently with fasting? And what are the differences? Like a man has this to worry about with intermittent fasting. Women have to kind of look at this. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the complexity of both the man and woman and the way our bodies work uh, obviously are very different. But the fact is, you know, the intermittent fasting state turns on various genes and DNA in our body that affects how our hunger hormone is, like you talked about ghrelin, um, how that acts in our stomach, as well as how it affects our brain. But in our brain are basically a very important organ uh, gland, which is the hypothalamus, which produces all the precursor hormones that controls our thyroid, our sex, horm uh, sex organs like the ovaries or the testicles for the man. And so it all sort of play a huge interconnected role in one way or the other. Now, there has been some animal studies that have shown that there is this innate increase of um, just normal growth hormone. And even in some small human trials have shown in some promising information, not um, 
nothing big, not, these are not big trials. So I don't want to uh, uh, make any big statements today, but there are some new evidence that show human growth hormone are naturally increased when someone's in the fasting state at moderate level, not like prolonged. And so the moment these folks stops doing the intermittent fast, their natural human growth hormone starts decreasing again. So we know that the human growth hormone actually has uh, various benefits on weight loss and muscle maintenance. And, you know, some of my patients actually take it exogenously and actually give themselves injections just to lose more weight and maintain more muscle mass. So there is a benefit in that realm uh, of practice. But if you know that there's certain things you can do throughout the day to increase that good hormone, the growth hormone to help you maintain mass and help you burn a little more calories more effectively, would that be uh, you know, an indication or a reason for you to do it? Personally, yes, for sure. Um, there, I feel that there are a lot of good data on how it helps metabolically and at least decrease metabolic risk factors. So in general, when you lose weight, for example, and in any way, uh, you tend to actually reactivate some of the uh, metabolic pathways where you do end up burning various calories as long as you do it in a correct way and in a healthy way. And also we know that people who hold on a lot of fat, the fat cells itself actually becomes a controlling factor to your sex hormones. So guys with big bellies, for example, uh, with a lot of abdominal fat and inflammation, their own fat cells are actually creating a version of an estrogen that then inhibits their own production of testosterone. So then these guys obviously becomes a little bit more tired. They get the whole mid gut fat kind of deal and um, they're very inflamed. Um, overweight guys tend to be, run, they tend to run the risk of uh, infertile as well. Same as females, when you have a lot more fat cells in your body, that fat cells again, creates a little bit more of the estrogen, which then self inhibit your own sex organs to function normally. So we get a lot of patients who are obese, uh, overweight and obese, and then uh, find themselves infertile. You know, they're trying for months and years and for some reason uh, they can't conceive for that very same reason. So once you start losing weight in any way you can, you start normalizing your uh, hormonal axis. And so in effect, you know, intermittent fasting, which does have the benefit of weight loss and also it does shrink down fat cells, does exactly that for a lot of individuals. Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantalrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. So can you talk about the HPG axis where like you know, fasting kind of affects like reproductive hormones, like both in women and men because of the HPG axis? Yeah. So HPG axis, you're talking about how the brain affects the gonads in the sex organs. Yes. And, uh, it's really, you know, it's, it's sort of similar to the whole mind gut axis theory where everything we do and eat and even the activities that we do 
affects not just our body, but it also translates into uh, what we're doing with the mind through neurotransmitters. And like I said, neurotransmitters are uh, basically certain molecules or enzymes that play a role in communicating between organs up here to the organs down here, which is your body, your heart, your, your ovaries and your testicles. So one way or the other, it's all connected. You know, you can't ever isolate one thing versus another. Uh, but a lot of times the most common things that we do see when, when this axis is uh, disrupted you get the adverse reaction or at least side effects of someone who is not healthy. And you'll come, you'll, you'll come to see things like, you know, decreased libido, decreased energy, um, infertility issues, or even PCOS, you know, PCOS for females is like a real thing. Is it PCOS first or waking first, or does it go the other way around? And so because everything's so connected, it's just super important to understand what you do on a daily basis. And especially fasting, you know, the intermittent fasting does put your body into that acute adaptation mode. So oftentimes it sort of shuts down the, uh, it shuts down certain pathways in your body that is no longer used for metabolizing sugars and whatnot. Also, when you fast, you're actually unintentionally uh, restricting calories. Um, in the long run, what you eat during an intermittent fast regimen should be um, lower in caloric intake compared to your normal everyday um, eating habits. And so a lot of times even doing that causes the body to adapt differently to a lower calorie intake. And that then tells the fat cells in your body to um, secrete certain enzymes or, de or decrease the secretion of certain biomarkers. And what we know that when people start shrinking down fat, something called CRP, which is C-reactive protein, which is what we know as an inflammatory marker that speaks to other organs to say, hey, is this person healthy or not healthy? That gets shut down as well. So being able to even just work on one biomarker by decreasing the caloric intake, by doing an intermittent fast, you're able to talk to all your other organs to optimize the functionality of what it needs to do. Now, starving yourself altogether, meaning let's just say for the next seven days, you do nothing but drink water and you go through a pure fast, um, that doesn't help either because then you get into the realm of unhealthy lifestyle and you're not providing your feel and your brain with the certain calories and the carbohydrates and fats and whatnot that it needs, then your organs will actually shut down and not be optimized. So there's that fine line of what you do on a daily basis that could very well help you optimize your organ systems versus shutting them down altogether. Mm, I love that. Well, you are just really an expert here. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Tell listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you, and tell us a little bit about Nucific. Perfect. Yeah. So I am the head of nutrition uh, for Nucific, which is an online nutrition supplement company. We've been around for... Um, six years that I've been with them. So uh, you can definitely look me up on their website at www.nucific.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok uh, under my name, Dr. Amy underscore Lee um, for more content and information. So I like to do a lot of these posts on diets and ingredients and all the lifestyle stuff. So hopefully we will connect there. 
Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.